Hello and welcome to Your Life Choices podcast, part of Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. And the headline for today's episode, folks, is Ageism Sucks. And our guest today should know, it's his quote. Hunter Leonard is the Managing Director of Silver and Wise, a fabulous website, and we'll give you more details later. And Hunter has a fascinating tale to tell about ageism in Australia and how our culture is, to a large degree, not recognising, understanding or appreciating the wisdom of those over a certain age, let alone the prospects of gaining employment once they reach that certain age. But Hunter is pushing for change. And for those who don't want to fade away but remain active and employed, this is the podcast for you. Hunter Leonard, welcome to Your Life Choices. Thank you, John, and appreciate uh, the chance to have a chat about it. Now, I was watching an Insight program on SBS just recently, and they had a fascinating tale to tell about ageism and all the rest. And we've discussed ageism quite a few times on Your Life Choices because it's one of the many isms that uh, uh, give us the irrits. But today I'd like to talk to you about employment for those of uh, us of a certain age, male and female, who would like to continue to work because it seems, and just backtracking a little bit, it seems that uh, employers don't want to employ people over a certain age. What the heck? Yeah, for sure. And, and in fact, the Australian Human Rights Commission and the Australian Human Resources Association had done a number of studies and recently they found there was a significant number of organisations that despite not legally being able to, do have an age above which they're reluctant to hire people. And for a significant percentage of people, that age was, believe it or not, 50, which is going to seem crazy to your listeners, but it is quite a young age. (laughs) And certainly most people of that age have got a lot of gas in the tank and they they do want to continue working for a number of years. But it does create a massive problem for the individual and also for our community and the economy as a whole, of course. So if Bunnings can do it, mate, by employing people of a certain age who've got all that experience and when you go in there, I certainly tend to look for the person who's got the greyest hair, who may have, you know, he's a (laughs) retired plumber, he's a sparky or whatever, and uh, they've just got that sort of knowledge. So if Bunnings can do it, why don't others? Yeah, certainly. And Bunnings, no doubt, are the poster child, I suppose, for it and a multi-generational workforce because they employ people of all ages. And certainly that's the sort of thing that I advocate for because it's not about pitting mature age people against younger people. It's more about the fact that every generation has its strengths and characteristics and we should should engage the whole of the population. If you look at the mega trends, everyone knows we're living in an age where our population is getting older. That means more of us are living longer because we've had the benefit of all of these fantastic health initiatives and better food and, I suppose, you know, lifestyle impacts that have helped get to an older age and still be healthy and wanting to live, earn and learn longer. Sure. So I think it's important for people to take the lead of people like Bunnings and, and, you know, uh, the banks like Westpac, I've done some work with Westpac where they have a employment advocacy group for people of mature age and I think 30 or 40% of their workforce is over the age of 40. So they're certainly doing great work as well. But yeah, it, do, it is going to take every organisation and every group in the community sort of get get behind this because it is probably the biggest of all the isms. We've uh, got some fabulous books of yours to talk about and some practical work and, and tips on how you might be able to help people gainfully employ. But before we get to that, yeah. tell me the Hunter Leonard story and how you came to start up Silver and Wise. 
Yeah, sure. So the two-minute story or the one-minute story is I studied science at university, but I ended up using my science degree in commercial areas. So I worked in sales and marketing for many years, worked in advertising in the pharmaceutical industry, and then I started my own business about 20-odd years ago. And through the course of leaning on some advice from one of my mentors about seven or eight years ago, uh, we were having a conversation about our business and who we wanted to work with us and all that sort of thing. And he said, well, have you thought about having mature age people work in your business? And I, I said to him, I don't care how old they are as long as they can do the job. And he said to me, well, maybe you should go and do some research because not everyone thinks like you. And lo and behold, within a couple of weeks, we'd actually started the concept of what became Silver and Wise because I ended up in the offices of the Human Rights Commission in Sydney talking to one of their senior advisors about a study which was called Willing to Work. Yeah. And I was aghast <laughs> that ageism was a bigger issue than I'd ever thought of. I'd never experienced it myself. But then when I started asking all of my friends, they said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 52 and I lost my job and I couldn't get another one and I sent out hundreds of resumes. And, you know, long story short, I then spent about 2,000 hours of time at, every night for about two years researching it and, and developed all of the, the tools and, and probably the content for the first book is to, to try and find a way where I could use my experience to help those people who'd experienced the ageism were having trouble getting employment and then were thinking about doing something on their own because they couldn't get these organisations to believe that they had anything more to offer. I talk about the grey sideline, you know, that people in this age group and women get the double whammy of ageism and sexism, but they're being sidelined from work, which is just crazy when you consider the experience and wisdom they bring to the table. Generation Experience, I think, was your first book, yes? Yeah, that was the first one. And, and it was based on 10,000 business owners. Yeah, I know. It sounds it sounds like a big survey, doesn't it? But it, it ran for, a, it, it's still going, but it, at that time, it had been running for a decade, and we'd been asking. Yeah, what sort of questions did you ask? Well, you know what, we started off with the, with the big question, which was to ask business owners what kept them awake at night. So, what were the struggles they had in running a business? Oh, and that'd be interesting. When yeah. you do <laughs> when you do that many surveys, of course, you get lots and lots of answers. But when we looked at it, it coalesced into this idea that where there was eight key areas, like eight categories of problem. And we then started calling it the eight rooms, which was these are the rooms you need to spend some time in, you know, virtual rooms. You have to spend some time in your marketing room, in your sales room, in your people room, your money room, etc. And so I wrote that book because if you've never run your own business and you are starting it in your 50s, you probably want to get it right first time, you know, and a lot mm. of businesses fail. Small business fails at a rate of, I don't know, 50% yeah. in the first yeah. five years, something like that. So I thought, well... If people are starting a business later in life and they can learn from people who have done it before, you know, who are up the track a bit and can shout back some warnings, <laughs> then hopefully I could help. So I, I wrote that first book with the distinct aim of taking the advice and saying to mature age people, here's some things you can learn about if you're going to start your business, these are the potholes that you might run into. So avoid them by putting in place some of these, you know, some plans. So here's how you handle your money the best way. Here's how you get you get your customers. Here's how you plan your business and et cetera, et cetera, without going into, you know, 
Hunter, would, <laughs> would you be advising people, for instance, obviously announcing is my gig uh, and been doing that. So that that's what I looked for and the producer of this program, Ian Mack, uh, is the same and we've known each other for 40 years and we've done work yeah. together um, moving forward. But I guess if you've been in an industry for so many years and you want to start a business, it really be, should be something that you know about. Again, it's sort of risk reduction because if you go and try yeah, something completely yeah. brand new to yourself, for instance, I've heard horror stories of people being sold a franchise that's completely outside uh, their experience yeah. and then they find out after they bought it that really they've bought themselves a job. So they've spent a whole lot of money on buying themselves a job they don't even like. So I'd start with A, what are you good at? And then B, also, what do you love doing? Because well, that's, that's it's the key, the, isn't it? It's the passion and the purpose that's, that's going to get you through the tough times because running a business, there's going to be days where you go, what, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and I guess you also, know, Hunter, yeah. um, you've got to be careful what you wish for, don't you? Because you might be thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great to do that? And then suddenly you are burdened with responsibilities and something which is um, not what you really signed up for because... Yeah, totally. And, and this is the thing. You know, most, most mature age people have kind of worked out what they're good at. In fact, they're known, they're actually known for being good business owners. You know, there's plenty of research that says m mature people make better business owners. And it's often thought that that's because they've... They've learnt the soft skills. They know how to communicate. They know how to understand people. They've got some experience working for somebody else doing that same thing. You know, whether it was in marketing or HR or finance or sales or whatever. And often the only reason they want to start something themselves is because they've run into this brick wall of ageism. Can't get a job. And they, they, they can't get a job. You know, many of these people also still have teenage kids and probably aging parents as well. So they've kind of in a sandwich between two generations. So they're responsible for themselves, their kids and their parents. And so they need to keep working. It's, you know, this Hey Boomer movement, which sort of says that every boomer has millions of dollars stacked away in some kind of personal fund is just wrong because the majority aren't ready to retire at 65. And they're certainly not ready to retire when somebody says, well, at 50, we don't want to give you a job. So I think we've got to support them. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Hunter. And before we move on to your other book, which I want to talk about, The Experience Equation, um, are there any tips that you could give us for people who are of a certain age who would like to not start their own business but try and go for jobs? Yeah, totally. Look, I think importantly is, is to be prepared and keep yourself current. So if there's things moving in your line of work like new technology or new approaches to doing things then keep up with it like if they're working for an organization now keep at the organization to keep supporting them because often organizations start to pull away training opportunities from mature people too they'll give it to the younger audience but they won't keep training the 50 year olds because they go well these guys know what they're doing or whatever but mm -hmm. this is this is fact you know there's less training available for mature people so keep at the organization if you have lost your job and you're looking for another one, then you know look at those skills that you might need to update. Definitely keep yourself current. Two, use your networks. So keep a hold of all of those people you know. Work the networks. Speak to the people you know. Get referrals. Word of mouth because sometimes you can get in the back door that way because people already know you and they can refer you. It's a bit like good business. Word of mouth is, is good for a business as well. So, And then... Thirdly, is just keep your passion. 
you know, be passionate about what you're doing. Don't just look for a job related to money. Just keep keep pushing the passion. If you love what you're doing, that will shine through. And there are it's not all bad news. There are organisations who understand, particularly in this environment where it's hard to find good staff, that mature age people have an opportunity to to get in there and you know keep themselves current and keep keep getting jobs for sure. Like the old story, you know, get a job where it's your passion, you never work a day in your life. And uh, yeah, exactly. luckily, exactly. it's been that way for me. Yeah. Just uh, before we leave you, Hunter, just give us a, a bit of a synopsis on The Experience Equation, another one of your fine books. Yeah, so this book was more for the person who was perhaps tra- transitioning into self-employment. And now whilst self-employment can be a little like running a business, <laughs> it's more about you exchanging your talents and skills with other people for a for a revenue stream. So instead of working for one company, you might work for, let's say, you have five or six clients that you work half a day or a day for a week. So it's more a portfolio of clients. And there was a lot of the mature age audience, when you mention the word business, they go, ah, I don't want to start a business. I don't want, you know, don't want the complexity and the formality of that. And yet they have some great skills that they could exchange with other people for some income without it necessarily being a job. So in that book, I talk about the trends in uh, self-employment. I talk about the gig economy. I mean, the good side of the gig economy, not the one where people are indentured slaves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I talk about the idea of creating for yourself your own future plan that involves yourself, you know, your family, the the groups that you're part of, your passions in life. So there's a bit of a, a structure in that book to sort of question yourself about what do you want to do for the next 20 or 30 years? Yeah. If you want to be self-employed, what does that look like? How does it impact yourself? How does it impact your family? How can you look at your possessions? And, and you know, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'll just put that up front. But I do talk about the idea of can you change where you live? Um, get rid of the big debt on the big house, do you downsize that so you can put less pressure on yourself while you build a, a self-employment you know, approach to, to the rest of your life? So it's about, it's about self-employment and telling people a little bit about the trends and then giving them some tools that they can work out their own plan as well. Hey, forget about those 20-year-olds. I could be a, a 70-year-old uh, influencer. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Generation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, Generation Experience and the Experience Equation, just two books that you'll find on silverandwise.com.au and a wealth of uh, fabulous resources as well. And I would encourage you to go and have a look. Wander around that website, silverandwise.com.au. You might just see something there that could transform your life. Hunter, before we leave you, uh, there is an employment crisis in Australia. Is that helping seniors get more work or is it still like, no, we're just looking for the kids still? I think it is. I, I think it, it, it's an opportunity. There is low unemployment, which means that many businesses are finding it difficult to find good stuff. So I think over the next two or three years, there's a real opportunity for us to put mature age the mature age workforce and these experienced and wise individuals back to the forefront and for companies to start looking at this group and saying, hey, there is an opportunity to employ these underemployed groups. I think the data is that there's a couple of hundred thousand people over the age of 50 who are willing to work and looking for work right now. So let's look at them. But for the individuals themselves, take the opportunity, go now, like (laughs) start 
shaking the trees and finding these organisations and putting yourself forward because they are looking. A lot of organisations are looking for flexible uh, or, or offering flexibility. So if you only wanted to work four hours a day, they're looking at mums, mature age mums who've gone back into the workforce. They're looking at older audiences. But I think the behaviour will go back to the bad old days as soon as that unemployment mm. starts to turn the cycle. The only other thing I'd say to that too is, unfortunately, we always seem to look to the extremes. So the stories that get told are the 70-year-old who has retired, who's on a pension, who wants to go back and work a few few days a week. So then the, the government will come in with a policy that says, okay, we'll, we'll let you work a few more hours. But it's fiddling around the edges, in my opinion. It only allows them to work another couple of hours a week and, and doesn't give them much in return. What I want organisations to look for is the 40, 50, 60-year-olds that are being discriminated against who've still got 10, 20, 30 years available in the workforce. Mm. Let's get into that audience and help them because that's where we're going to make a difference economically for the individual and for the economy and the community, not necessarily just finding a half dozen people who've already retired and just want a few hours' work. I mean, that's nice. If they want to, great. But it's the, it's the full-time, part-time, you know, solid number of hours people we're missing uh, in this equation. Hunter, I hope this is not the last time we speak because uh, you've got a lot of wisdom. Our time is up now, but I really do uh, appreciate everything you're doing and uh, I do encourage people to to go check out silverandwise.com.au and uh, see the resources that you have there and certainly looking at uh, some of your books, The uh, Generation Experience and The Experience Equation. Hunter, thank you so much indeed and, and good luck to you. No, thanks, John. We hope you enjoyed our visit with Hunter Leonard. And to learn more about this uh, wonderful organisation, as I said, go to silverandwise.com.au and we invite you to stay informed with Australia's longest established and most trusted seniors digital destination, Your Life Choices. From me, John Deeks, stay well, stay happy. We'll talk to you soon. 